Hey everyone, my name is Lindsay Durand. I use she, her pronouns, and I am your Student Assembly Director of Communications. Today, we'll be talking about financial health and literacy, and I am excited to be joined by Alex Maslack from Laurel Road, who is a representative of the Financial Solutions Center and the Enrich platforms, and we'll be discussing those throughout the event. So I will give Alex the opportunity to introduce himself and tell us a little bit more about financial health and literacy. Awesome. Thanks, Lindsay, and, and thanks so much for having us. Um, this has got to be the the tenth or fifteenth session we've done for AP, APTA students and, and members, and and we've been working uh, with the organization now for uh, I think it's four or five years. So um, I guess by way of quick background, um, I am the director of business development at uh, Laurel Road. Um, I've been here about seven years. I was the fourth employee at the company. Um, so, so I've seen quite a bit of growth, um, you know, for the company and in the student loan market uh, generally. Um, and, and that's really what we at Laurel Road focus on is um, providing student loan refinancing and, and student loan education um, to borrowers around the country and specifically um, healthcare borrowers. So um, a, a large portion of all of our members, uh, we call our, our borrowers members, um, do work in the healthcare field. Um, and so we, we definitely specialize in that. Um, and, and the basic idea is, you know, we are refinancing people's student loans from, you know, what's typically a, a higher federal loan rate, maybe six and a half or 7% down to something lower in the four or 5% range. Um, and that <clears throat> difference in interest equates to oftentimes thousands of dollars in savings over the life of the loan, which um, I'll definitely go into some more detail on today. Awesome. I just have a question to start off. What would be the main difference between like working with members who are primarily in the healthcare field and members in, you know, maybe a different, a different line of work? Yeah, um, there are, uh, in some cases, preferential uh, rates and terms available to those in the healthcare field. Um, Whereas um, there's more of just baseline offerings if you were, you know, working uh, an administrative job or, or something like that. So I think, you know, we very much recognize the intricacies of a healthcare career and have tried to tailor niche products um, to, to match those needs, really. Great. So we'll go ahead and uh, give you an opportunity. I know you have some slides prepared, so we'll go ahead and give you an opportunity to kind of talk through those and what students really need to know about loans, about repayments, and especially as it relates to COVID. And, um, you know, that's kind of a big thing for me and kind of I've been wanting to see the math for a while on how is all of this going to affect our student loans in the long term, especially. Yeah, that's that's a great way to preface it all. And, and we can just jump right into the next slide as, as that's really what we start out with here. So COVID, obviously, you know, huge impact on the world overall um, and, and student loans were no exception to that. So originally, as part of the first CARES Act last March, um, part of that was to place a holiday um, on federal student loan interest and payments. So if you have a federal student loan, um, you have not had to make payments, nor have you been charged interest since last March. Um, originally, that was due to expire last September, got extended through December, gets extended again through January, and then 
when President Biden took office, he extended it through the end of September 2021. So um, you will not have to make payments, which no student does. Federal student loans don't ask you to make payments while you're in school. But you would typically be charged interest during that time. Um, you are not right now um, in light of this CARES Act. So really valuable, um, especially for those who are pursuing loan forgiveness. These, you know, quote unquote, months of zero dollar payments do count uh, towards the 120 necessary to reach forgiveness. Um, so you can effectively knock out 18 of your 120 payments, you know, with with zero dollar payments. So nice, nice benefit there. Um, the expectation is, yes, it's been extended a few times now. I think, you know, there, there was probably a lot of optimism early on that, that COVID would be well under control last September and, and certainly by now. But obviously that hasn't been the case. But I think with the, the vaccine, you know, becoming more widely distributed, you know, should be available to every um, every adult in the country by, you know, purportedly this May, but certainly by next September. I think our expectation is that the interest and in payment holiday does finally come to an end uh, at the end of this September. Unfortunately. Sense? Yeah, unfortunately, it is a pretty good deal. <laughs> Are there any cons to that? Like, are we expected to then have to pay more interest or or have additional fees later on? Or is that totally just 100%? No. No catch there. It's a good question, because normally there almost always is a catch <laughs> with with things like this where, they're, where you're delaying payments. Usually, you know, if you stop making payments, the loan is still accruing interest. So, you you know, you'd have to consider the fact that you'd pay more at the end of the loan because of this you know, period of interest accrual, but that's not the case here. So because there's no interest accruing, you're just gonna pick up right where you left off um, in terms of your payments. Your uh, payoff date is gonna be you know, 18 months later because you, you took a 18 month vacation from paying down your loans, but it'll be at no additional cost to you. It's not like there's any extra interest on there because of this. So if you have the money, if you want to put your stimulus check towards your loans, things like that, is that an option and then sure. potentially decreases the cost overall? Yep, uh, that's definitely a, a fine strategy. You know, we've, we've heard a lot of people uh, looking to, to carry out. Um, there's no reason not to pay down your loans right now. You know you're going to be on the hook for them at some point. So if you had some extra cash, um, you know, for whatever reason, it's, it's not a bad idea to put it towards the loan. Great, thank you. Yeah. Uh, next slide here. Yeah, so we, we thought it would be helpful for people to get kind of a side-by-side -side comparison of federal loan repayments, um, federal options versus what things were to look like if you were to refinance your loan. So we, we kind of broke it down here for a number of different categories um, and I'll just kind of run through them. So. Repayment term, federal loans, you can get as long as a 30-year term. Um, Laurel Road, we offer up to 20 years, but we do offer some shorter term options as well. So if you're someone who wants to pay it back really quickly, refinancing could be preferable. Um, but if you want more time to pay the loan back, federal is going to give you a longer, longer lifespan. Biggest difference um, between us and the federal loans is the interest rate. Um, ours is <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> ours is based on your creditworthiness. Um, so that's your FICO score 
your total debt and your total income, all of those get taken into account of what rate we offer you. Whereas the federal loans, everybody's gonna get the same rate for that given year. Um, so no variability at all. Um, but that's how you know we're able to offer these low rates is by underwriting and only giving them to people who've graduated and obtained a good job. Um, big thing you're giving up by refinancing a federal loan is uh, the ability to pursue loan forgiveness and utilize income-driven repayment. So if either of those things, and those are great programs for sure, if either of those are attractive to you, you wouldn't want to refinance your federal loan into a private loan because you can't go back once you've you know, moved federal to private. Um, length of forbearance, we will offer up to 12 months, although we are offering an extra six months now in light of COVID, um, but federal loans have up to 36 months. So just you know, think in general, federal loans are gonna be a little bit more flexible um, but they're going to have a higher interest rate. So that's the trade-off is, you know, you're giving up some of those federal flexibilities to secure a lower rate by refinancing. Um, another factor to consider, in-school deferment is offered on federal loans. It's not offered uh, by us. So if you were to go back to school, federal loans, you can stop making payments on everything you'd borrowed up to that point. Um, a loan with Laurel Road, you can forbear it for up to a year. Um, but, but can't go into full in-school deferment like with a federal. Next slide, please. Um, so another just, you know, area where we're, we're a little bit less flexible is the time to default. Federal loans give you 270 days, we give you 90. Um, so, you know, again, a little less flexible. And then the really big factor right now, you know, obviously this is not going to be here forever, um, but through the end of September, the thing you need to keep in mind, uh, your federal loans, you know, there's no interest, no payments. Uh, that's not the case with Laurel Road. So while the, the rate that we write on your loan is going to be lower than what's written on your federal loan, um, we don't have this, you know, 0% interest, $0 payment holiday in effect through September. So just keep that in mind. You know, you might be locking in a really low rate right now, which a lot of people still are. Um, you're just going to give up that, you know, next, what is it now? Five months of, uh, of $0 payments. And then the rest um, of the items on here are ways that we are the same as, as federal loans. And, and we've tried to mirror their programs as much as we can. Um, so same grace period, still discharged in death or disability, uh, still eligible for the federal student loan interest tax deduction, still reported as a student loan on your credit report, and, and same interest capitalization schedule as well. So, you know, a, a fair amount of ways that we are the same, but a lot of dissimilarities as well that, you know, people need to consider when determining, you know, do you want to use those federal programs, maybe see if you can have something forgiven, or, you know, do you want to try and pay back the loan, you know, with as little interest as possible? Uh, those are kind of the two contrasting strategies. Um, next slide, please. So a little bit more on Laurel Road and, and our benefits, you know, that, that we're able to offer APTA members. I think first and foremost to call out is the extra rate discount that members get when you refinance your loans with Laurel Road. So, you know, if you came to us off the street without being a member and we were going to give you four and a half percent, well, because you are a member of the APTA, we'll knock an extra quarter point off of that. So you'll be down to four and a quarter. Um, so it might not seem like that much, but when you owe six figures in a lot of cases, another quarter point off your rate can easily save you 
you know, an additional two or three thousand dollars over the life of the loan. Um, a few other benefits working with us. We will honor your grace periods. You don't need to start making payments right after graduation. Um, you can wait up to six months or sorry, 12 months thereafter. Um, nor do we charge any fees whatsoever. So there's not like, unlike a mortgage refi where there's closing costs and application fees, we don't have any of that. Um, we will pay off exactly what you owe. We'll give you a new loan for that same exact amount. Um, I mentioned the, the savings. I mean, just, just to give you like an illustrative example, someone who owed 200,000 to use a round number and had a 7% interest rate, if you were able to drop that to like four and a half percent and you were gonna pay the loan back, you know, call it over 15 years, you're probably saving somewhere between 17 and $20,000 in interest uh, in light of that lower rate. Um, next slide, please. So this was the last one I, I put on here and then obviously happy to go into plenty of questions, but um, I get asked all the time, like when is the best time to refinance? Um, there's no right or wrong answer. It's different for everybody. I think, you know, worth keeping in mind though, the, the interest rate environment overall. Uh, right now we are in a historically low interest rate environment, near 0% on the 10 year treasury. Um, so it's a good time to look into it. I mean, certainly if you have private loans that aren't eligible for any of that CARES Act holiday, no better time to refinance. You know, on the federal side, there's there's some complicators right now, but you know, as we get closer to September, you know, an excellent time to look to lock in a low rate for the remaining life of your loan. Um, you know, as this this payment and interest holiday comes to an end. Um, next slide. I think there might be one more slide or yeah, just so, you know, folks have questions, you want to discuss your personal situation, can certainly contact us at the information shown here. Um, I know, uh, Lindsay, you've got some more questions, which we'll cover today. Um, you know, but I, I think if there's one takeaway at the end of the session, it's understand there's plenty of options out there, especially as a healthcare practitioner. You know, so do your research, figure out your optimal repayment strategy and be prepared to capture the savings opportunities that are out there now. Yeah, thank you so much, Alex. Um, sure. Like you said, I have still a couple questions, so I'd love for you to answer them, kind of give your two cents. Um, you may not have the answers to everything, but I'd love to hear what you have to say. So there's a lot of students, um, especially PT students who are coming in and they're looking at this cost of PT school plus undergrad. And, and like you mentioned, maybe it's $200,000 total. What do you think students need to know before taking out these loans, before kind of making this big financial decision? Yeah, I think, I mean, you you started it off right there. It's It's, you're making a career and financial decision, you know, and, and, you know, it might not be what everybody wants to hear, but it's not solely about, you know, what, what you uh, are, are envisioning your, your career to be like, there is a financial component to it and, you know, need to keep in mind that for most people, um, you know, becoming a healthcare professional, whether it be a, a PT, a PA, a physician, a nurse, it's, it's, you know, not solely um, just about the role, like there's a financial component that comes into it. Um, and for most people, you're not gonna have that covered um, unless there was a parent who was gonna help you or you, you were lucky enough to get a scholarship, like it is a requisite to take out a significant amount of debt to get an education in, in the world that we live in. So, 
you know, at a minimum, do do a you know quick search, you know, expected debt for whatever degree you're you're planning on pursuing. Obviously, you'll know from the school that you're talking to uh, what they charge. Um, you know, but I think similarly, know what to expect on the back end. Like like know what you're likely going to be paid in your first couple of years and and have a plan and how you're going to manage that debt in light of the income. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because it is a big financial decision. And I've seen, I mean, there's definitely a lot of converse, conversation around the topic of student debt and how do we manage this as a profession? Um, because unfortunately, PTs in a lot of settings don't get paid nearly enough yeah. to, um, to really like offset those costs of loans. Um, you know, 10, 20 years down the road, a lot of people are still paying them off. Sure. Um, I mean, on average, like how long, and I'm sure this varies, but how long does it take the the average healthcare worker to pay off their student loans? It's a good question. I mean, varies widely by what type of healthcare worker uh, you are. Um, the other factor is like, the data is still evolving, right? Like even 15 years ago, the total debt outstanding in the country was like a quarter of what it is right now. So people graduating today, even, you know, recent predecessors, you have significantly more debt than, than they would have had. So I, I think, you know, if you're a PT with 150 to 200,000 in, in student loans and you're, you know, you're coming out making 60, 70, $80,000 uh, a year in your first couple of years, it's it's going to be difficult to make a dent in that right away. Um, so I, I would expect, you know, it's, it's probably taking, you know, all of 15 plus years to retire that debt, depending on, you know, all, all the specificities of your particular situation. Um, not a bad strategy for for a lot of folks uh, a lot of pts is to pursue like a long-term forgiveness through pay as you earn for example where if you pay for 20 years based on your income they forgive whatever is remaining and i would definitely keep a close eye on all the legislative changes they're always talking about changing these federal repayment options uh, certainly with the current administration probably should be to your benefit um so just you know, mo monitor that. Those federal programs can be really attractive um, if your debt far exceeds your income. Yeah, and I think a lot more programs are appearing for physical therapists specifically. So it, it is something to consider um, mm -hmm. because it can it can tackle a large amount of those loans. Um, what what I guess, and I'm sure we have a lot more information on the Financial Solutions Center and um, within other APTA resources. But what do you recommend for students who are coming out of school who are trying to tackle these debts? Like, what are what are the best ways to kind of handle that and pay them off? I think a good, a really logical, good first step is to make sure you know what you owe, um, especially on the student loan side. You know, check out NSLDS. That's going to house all of your federal student loans. Uh, your credit report should pick up any private student loans that weren't included on the NSLDS. And then, you know, even outside of student loans, like know every credit card debt that you have, your your auto loan, you know, I'm sure you probably have a closer handle on a mortgage if you owed one, you know, but, but get all of that aggregated into one place, you know, balance, interest rate, monthly payment, and then start to put together a debt repayment strategy. I mean, from an economic standpoint, 
your most efficient way to pay down debt is to you know put any overpayment you can towards the highest interest rate first so that you know probably is a, a good first um first effort is to see what you're paying determine if you have extra funds each month that you can allocate to the debt if you do put that towards the highest interest rate loan you have yeah, I think that's a really good strategy. And I think people get caught up too. They don't realize like you have to pay off all of the interest before you actually pay for the loan. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I think that's a misconception. People are always thinking that it's, it's more so with mortgages than anything else mm, where you okay. know, you're paying more interest up front. Um, but even with those, I mean, you just think of, of the way a loan functions any loan is going to start out large, say at the beginning, it's going to be bigger than what it is at the end. And you, uh, this is how it works for student loans. Anyway, you're accruing um, interest on whatever the balance is for that month. So if your balance, you know, the first month is $200,000 and your interest rate is 5%, you accrue um, on that 200,000 at 5%. So that's 5% of 200,000 divided by 12. That's the monthly interest. But it, when, you know, get to year 15, the balance now isn't 200,000, it's 20,000. And so the interest you're accruing in those months are lower. And so therefore, you know, more of your payment is hitting the balance. That's just naturally the way paying down uh, a typical loan is going to work is there's more interest up front because the balance is bigger. It's not like we front load the loans with interest. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you kind of hinted at this, like there's not necessarily a great time or there's not ever a perfect time to refinance, but do you have any suggestions on, on when students should consider refinancing? I, I think, you know, you, you said it well, like there's no perfect time. You're never going to know you're picking the exact moment to refinance when the rates are the lowest they'll ever be. But if you remove that component, like Think about it within your financial context. We went through all of those similarities and differences with federal loans. You know, you need to be in a financially secure place where you're fine giving up some of those federal flexibilities. And, and so that, I think, is the most important indicator, you know, that that's a good time to look to refinance is when you have an emergency savings account in place, you're comfortable making your full monthly debt mm -hmm. payments, um, you know, and, and you're just focused on paying back the loan as economically as possible, that's when you should, you know, really look into refinancing. Not not so much when you come out of school, you're still overwhelmed, you know, you, you aren't able to make a full monthly debt payment. Um, you'd want to hold off till you're a bit more financially secure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And those are some great things to keep in mind. Um, I don't think I have any more questions for you. Did you have any final statements anything else you wanted to add anything we didn't touch on I, I would just say I think at least what I've seen especially amongst like graduating classes a lot of times there'll be a like some group think where one person who's perceived to be like financially astute says well this is the best way to pay down your loans there's no one-size-fits-all approach to, to debt repayment overall and and certainly for student loans I mean there's more intricacies in student loan repayment than any other type of debt with, with the federal programs that are out there. So, you know, figure out your optimal repayment strategy within the context of your greater financial picture. So, you know, for that one person, maybe it's you want to pay down your loans in seven years, but maybe another person says, well, 
I prioritize buying a home or, you know, buying into a practice. Mm -hmm. and, and so I'd rather save my money for that, you know, big, big events. Um, and, and maybe they want to minimize their student loan payment. So there's, there's not one right way to, to go about paying down the loan, but you just need to keep in mind your personal preferences, goals when, when figuring out your, your strategy. Yeah. And I think that's great advice too, because I mean, so often we get stuck in this mindset, like just pay off the loan, do whatever it takes, right. to, you know, sacrifice everything. And, uh, you know, that's probably not the best solution for everyone. No. I mean, maybe not even the majority of people no. So to hear that, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do it that you need to take into consideration your personal preferences, where you want to work, if you want to have a family, if you want a house, like there's yeah. a lot of things to take into consideration. So I'm glad you brought that up. Definitely. All right. Well, I think that is all we have for today. I'll just finish off with a couple announcements that we have. Thank you again, Alex, for joining us. Today, we'll be talking with Kevin Soner from Enrich on financial health and literacy. Kevin is a representative of the Financial Solutions Center, a fantastic resource available to APTA members, which we'll be discussing throughout the event. So Kevin, if you'd like to give us an introduction, um, we'd love to know more about you and kind of what your role is within Enrich. Absolutely. Uh, thank you, Lindsay. Uh, my name is Kevin Soner. I'm Vice President of Operations um, for Enrich. Um, Enrich is a product of the company iGrad. Um, iGrad's been around for over a decade. Uh, we got our start um, doing financial wellness education uh, with colleges and universities across the country. Um, and that grew in the last um, six to eight years um, to expand into the the post-school uh, environment. A lot of employers, organizations such as the APTA uh, and others have seen the value um, and the need uh, to provide these types of resources to their employees and membership. Um, my team oversees everything on the back end. So um, end user support, like how to navigate the site, how to get around. Um, if you have questions about, is there a, I'm, I'm looking for an article on such and such and I can't find it. My teams handle all of that kind of support, which you typically access through the, the web chat function on the platform. Um, and then we also have a, a financial wellness center, uh, which is certified financial coaches um, that I oversee that group, make sure that they're up to date on their trainings. And uh, we handle kind of call reviews with them and, and make sure that they're they're doing a great job. Um, APTA members have the opportunity to call in and talk to coaches about financial questions in addition to accessing the platform. Um, so all those back end support groups that um, support the APTA members in their financial education endeavors uh, fall under my umbrella. Absolutely. And you kind of mentioned a little bit about Enrich and um, what, what your goal is ultimately, but why is it important to have financial literacy? Like what is what are you hoping APTA members gain out of this platform and, and working with Enrich? Well, um, our company is all about education um, and empowerment through education. Um, there's opportunities out there for um, people that are engaging with their finances to seek out professionals um, that might take more of an advisory role. You might have a tax professional, you might have an investment advisor. Um, in those environments, um, those individuals will often make the decisions for you. Um, and what we want to do is we want to make you feel comfortable making decisions on your own, or at the very least, if you do want to engage that level of a professional, um, that you feel confident that you understand what they're recommending that you do, um, rather than just kind of blindly following someone's advice um, and crossing your fingers and hoping that they have your best interest at heart. Um, empowerment through education um, can, is really trying to focus on relief, uh, 
alleviating the stress that's associated with money. Um, a lot of studies have been done in the last 10 years um, that have identified the number one cause of stress um, across the U.S. adult population is finance related. And there have been a lot of studies that have correlated the transition of that mental stress becoming physical stress and physical ailments. Um, so it really is part of your whole body wellness. If you can be educated and comfortable and confident with your finances and the financial decisions you're making, you can alleviate the stress and positively affect your, your entire life, not just your checkbook. Yeah, and I'm sure there's a lot of people tuning into this conversation who are kind of looking at their their debts, their uh, their loans that they've taken out to go to PT school or become a PTA. And it is a bit overwhelming um, to kind of see that number and, and wonder how you're going to to get out of it. What recommendations do you have for students who are entering the field of physical therapy um, or maybe who have gone through it on starting to tackle and manage that debt? Well, the, the first thing is you got to know where you are before you know where you're going. Um, and a lot of people fail to kind of build that initial foundation of uh, doing a proper budget um, and a proper analysis of, of their their whole financial picture. Um, and that's not just about where you are right now. It's it's you, you have your debts, but you also have your your future goals. Um, so someone who someone who lives in New York City and has no need for a car doesn't need to factor in the saving up for that car payment or saving up for those that auto insurance and things of that nature. Whereas somebody that lives in a more rural rural area with no uh, public transportation pretty, might absolutely have to have a, a car. Um, you might have somebody who knows I'm in a relationship and I'm planning on getting married and I want a big wedding. And somebody else might say, even if I do get married, I don't want a big wedding. I want that money to go towards a house. So you need to be looking at the big picture in the future um, as well as, uh, as what is now. What are my debts? Specifically with the PT career, some people want to go on the entrepreneur, entrepreneurial path and they might want to be opening up their own practice and things of that nature that has completely different uh, kind of long-term planning where other people want to work for a certain organization or a certain company um, where they're going to have D different financial obligations in the future. So that's absolutely step number one. And things, things are going to change. Like you're not, you don't have to, you don't have to have it all, all, all worked out and know exactly what your life plan is. Um, but the things that you do know should be factored into your overall equation. Um, if you've got some big things that you need to be saving for, you have a different strategy in terms of the balance of saving versus paying down debt. Um, the other piece that you want to understand is, that introspective look of yourself. Um, when we talk about debt management, there's kind of like mathematical strategies and psychological strategies, and it has to do with your personality. Um, there's some that are proven, just run the numbers. If you do it this way, your debt will be gone faster than if you do it a different method. Um, but some of the other methods are more kind of like emotionally engaging because there's more quote unquote like reward periods where you, all of a sudden you've you've hit a, a milestone of, of, of cutting that debt down or eliminating some of your debt. Um, and that can be the motivator to keep you focused and keep you on. Um, so there's two, two pronged approach approach. Number one, make sure that you understand the big picture. You have all of your all of your current needs and your future plans kind of as part of your strategy. Um, and then understand what really motivates you and is going to keep you on track with your plan. Um, like they say with diets, like the best diet is the one you stick to. It's the same concept with financial plan. It's if you set a plan because you think it's the right thing to do and it's just 
completely disinteresting to you and it, it's kind of like counterproductive to your motivation and you, and you don't end up following it, then that wasn't the right plan for you. Yeah, I think you bring up a lot of really good points there, especially in terms of the personalization needed in in finances and budgeting and figuring out how you're going to pay off those loans or how you're going to budget your salary. I just recently got my first job in PT. So I start um, in a couple months here. And so I've been trying to figure out my budget, like, well, what can I afford for housing? How much am I going to be able to save? I'm going to have to budget all these other things that traditionally um, I haven't had to do as much. And so I'm learning, you know, okay, there's certain things that I'm willing to budget for or spend for. Um, and I also want to save. And so you really do have to take this personalized approach and and look at what is going to be best for you in the long term. Um, so I, I've kind of looked through the Financial Solutions Center a little bit and on the Enrich platform, and it's it is very personalized in terms of what your options are, um, what the recommendations are. But you can can you kind of walk us through what is available on there? How students or even practicing clinicians might be able to make the most of this platform? Absolutely. And we can actually jump to the screen. I can I can walk you through and, and kind of show some of the, the the nice features. So one of the best parts about the platform is that it is fully integrated with your APTA account. Um, so I'm on the site right now. And if I come in and I click on sign up or log in, um, it's automatically going to take me and it's going to have this pop up. And rather than having to come up with just yet another username and password to remember, um, you simply click on the login with APTA. This is going to run you over to the APTA site. I'm already logged in on the on another tab. So <laughs> normally you would see and you would put in your credentials um, on the APTA site, and then it's going to kick you right back to us. So you don't have to navigate um, around the APTA platform and find a link. Um, you can come directly to your enrich.apta.org um, site, or you can come through the Solution Center links that are there. Well, when you get here, you'll notice that I'm welcomed into the platform and it tells me kind of what's going to happen. So to get started, we're going to start with a financial checkup um, and that's a process. I'm not going to take you through the whole thing because it takes a couple of minutes to get through. I'll just show you a little uh, sample, but we ask you questions to understand your, your goals, your objectives, what's causing you stress, kind of get a, get a feel for where you are in your financial journey. Then the system is going to be able to provide you with recommendations. Um, we are a very holistic financial wellness platform. We cover all ends of the spectrum because it all depends on who you are and where you are at in your journey of what you might need. And we don't want to have any gaps where you need something. We just don't have any content on it. Um, so if you dive into our content, it might feel overwhelming, but it doesn't necessarily all apply to you right now. And that's where this flow and this, these recommendations really help because it helps you narrow your focus. Um, it's like going and looking at an entire encyclopedia on, a, on an old library wall. I might be giving away my age here, um, but you've got a hundred thick books and there's a ton of information in there. How do you find what you need? That's kind of what this concept is, is we want everything available in that big collection of, of, of thick books on the library wall and your recommendations will point you where you need to go. The second piece, and this is really, this really kind of circles back to what I was mentioning about understanding about yourself, um, is we have a proprietary tool that we worked with um, PhD behavioral economists on um, to help you take a, a real quick uh, kind of uh, questionnaire and we are going to help you understand your money personality what motivates the decisions that you make as it comes to your finances and we have some uh, goal goal planning and, and kind of budget tracking so that you can kind of stay on track with the goals that you're looking to receive and also 
that financial counseling. We do have our certified personal finance counselors that can um, have coaching sessions with you uh, when you want that personal touch. Some some conversations or some topics are just easier to chat through with someone um, as opposed to um, relying solely on the platform. So we give you both options um, so that you can um, learn based on whatever your preference might be. So now when I jump into my checkup, it starts asking me some questions. So first thing we put in is our, our birthday. Um, this is gonna help us in terms of all of your kind of future kind of time boxing. Um, there's lots of things that we talk about like the future value of money. When you talk about saving, it's never never too little um, to save and never too early to start. Um, it has to do with all the exponential growth and the power of interest over time. Um, so a lot of our tools are gonna kind of show you, well, based on your targeted uh, retirement age, this is how much you should be saving now, all that kind of stuff. So we get gather your date of birth for that. We have a lot of different um, content in the platform uh, that revolves around your career because your career is where you make the money that you then have to manage. So um, it does kind of tie in together. So you will see some questions um, about career-based resources. Uh, we have also integrated a lot of great APTA resources directly into the platform that can be recommended to you as well. We ask you what, what your stress level is currently, um, and then you're going to tell us what are the things that are causing your stress. Okay, so you pick pick your options and you continue. Um, and it goes on like this for, it's probably roughly five minutes. The average user is gonna go through anywhere from 18 to 25 questions. Um, some of them are, are they're dynamic. So some of them are, if you answer a question one way, you'll get a new set of questions that are follow-ups. But the power of that is you now are going to have recommendations. Um, so when I go to my courses, the courses that would be recommended to me based on my answers um, to those questions will have a recommendation flag. Um, and if I um, had completed the entire process above my your report section here, um, I would have an entire dedicated block that is my most powerful recommendations, the things that the algorithms are scoring as the most important thing for me to jump into right now. Um, the second piece of that is um, if I've completed all my recommendations, or if I've completed the process so that I can get my recommendations, um, I have a dedicated recommendations section that is accessible when you're browsing all of the topics. You have this all recommendations in the upper right hand corner if you want to dive into the stuff that's picked just for you. Um, and in addition to providing five or six of your, your top recommendations, you'll see things that are contextual recommendations. So I in my in my uh, checkup, I answered that there that student loans were causing me stress. So my contextual recommendations, I might have a strip of content that says, because you're currently stressed out about your student loans, and it might be articles about tips on student loan repayment or um, loan forgiveness programs and things of that nature. Um, if I had gone through the whole process, um, some of the questions ask things like, how frequently are you budgeting? And if I said never, then I might have a strip of recommendations that say, because you're never budgeting, here's all of our budgeting tools. So it's really going to present content, not just presenting it to you um, based off of what it learns about you, but it's actually going to give you a little context so you know, because I answered this question this way, here's some stuff that will help me reach that. If I say one of my goals is to save for vacation, you might see a feed that here, here's our vacation um, tips. And so it really helps you narrow down that, that content um, to what's gonna be most meaningful to you. We also have a really cool search function. Um, so when you aren't going off the recommendations, if you want to just see what's everybody else engaging with, 
you can come in here and you'll notice that there's headings of popular courses, popular tools, popular content, and popular topics. Um, this is all AI driven, uh, meaning that it's going to adjust in real time. Um, so if you were to come back in a couple of weeks or sometimes even in a couple hours, some of these things are going to shift around based on what's being used the most. Now to be, to be transparent, the number one tool being money personality and the number two tool being the budget, that's probably not going to change. That's pretty consistent across all of our user bases. Um, but which courses are the most popular right now? Um, th those are going to kind of rotate as people kind of engage in different points of the year. Um, the popular content, this is going to be the stuff that rotates the most because this is your individual articles and videos. And then similarly with topics. Um, it is kind of interesting that you can see um, the APTA membership um, is pretty focused on student loans. Um, the most popular topics right now are uh, repaying student loans, understanding just more about federal student loans, and then smart borrowing in general. Um, so you've obviously got your your APTA students that still have some funding to take care of, so they're they're making sure that they're bar doing that in smart ways. Um, and then you've got a lot of those that are in that repayment period. So a lot of that content is very popular. If you know what you're looking for. So if you were looking for debt pay down, you type in the word debt and it's going to immediately give you some results based off of the different categories. As I mentioned earlier with how we have the platform and we also have a phone number to call in and talk to coaches because people like to engage differently. Um, the platform goes even deeper because some people just want to read a quick article. Some people want to watch a video. Um, some people want to go browse an entire topic section to see what there is. Um, some people want to get interactive with a tool. And a lot of people really like the coursework because it is like a course in, in school, much, much, much shorter. <laughs> Ours take 15 to 20 minutes. Um, but it is that kind of guided tour of we're going to give you a little information. We're going to quiz you on it, make sure you understand it. Um, and and it's the, the courses are really fun because it's a combination of um, written content, um, like articles, um, short form articles that you can go through, some infographics to kind of help you visualize. Um, there's lots of video content um, to kind of really keep it engaging. We have polls to make it interactive questions to make sure you're paying attention um, and a lot of interactive functionality, especially when you get to student loans, you can actually upload your student loan profile. Um, it'll break down all the federal repayment programs, help you compare and contrast um, public student loan forgiveness, which I know um, that comes up a lot when we're talking to APTA members and even refinancing. Um, and the real cool thing about the courses and tools is you don't need to know what paths you're going down with all that. We have one student loan analysis tool that current students, students that are about to enter repayment and student and, and um, professionals that have been in repayment for five, six, 10 years, they're all starting off at the same point. And as you answer questions and enter information, that the tool is going to adapt to what information you need to get out of it. Yeah, I think this Financial Solutions Center is I mean, it's such a it's such a great resource, like going through it myself, by the way, it probably took me, um, you know, 10 minutes total to do the what is it called again? The um, the financial wellness checkup. Yeah, the financial yep. wellness checkup. And I was um, a little bit disappointed that I got a poor score at the end of it. Um, <laughs> and so obviously I have some work to do, but you're right. It gave me videos and recommendations on content I could cover that I was very interested in. It's almost like. Like you get on and you're like, oh, this is like watching Netflix almost because you're like, these are all things I really want to learn about and figure out and, and navigate better just just for myself. Um, I mean, I feel like I've kind of been 
that person that's like always trying to learn more about finances, learn more about how to make smart financial decisions, just because I realized that debt is such a big issue. And, you know, the, just the payoff in the physical therapy profession is not fantastic. Um, so you really do have to be kind of smart with your money. But going through the Financial Solutions Center myself and seeing what all is available, I was very impressed. And I wish I would have learned about it my first year of PT school um, and not, you know, the end of my third year. It would have been a great, great tool to have <laughs> two years ago. Well, and, and it's interesting that you bring up um, like the, the 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 payoff, so to speak, of the of the PT career. Um, there was a, a an interesting conference that we were in attendance on a, a few years back, and there was a speaker who was talking about a study that they did nationwide around net worth. Um, and net worth is the the value of everything you have. Uh, so it's kind of like your budget, but uh, it, but at a bigger scale, the value of all of your assets minus all of your liabilities. And contrary to popular belief, it is in their study nationwide the strongest net worth was in the in the t annual income band of 40 to 43,000 dollars per year and what they found out with this study was the more you make you tend to get less focused on good habits um, which it, it was as a whole obviously um everyone's in uh everybody's uh different everybody's uh, individual um but it's very interesting to see that it's it's not just about making the most money it's making the most of the money that you have and if you have good habits and you understand strategies um your long-term success financially can be far far greater um than basing it off of the actual income that you have coming in. Um, I know personally um, today versus a uh, couple years back when I was making less money, um, I definitely eat out more now than I did back then. Um, and is that, am I, am I saving differently? Am I, or am I saving at a greater rate? Probably not because I'm, I, I make more money because I'm later in my career and I end up just doing more fun things. Um, and then you got to look back and say, Oh, okay, wait, now I need to slow this down. I need to be smarter. I've got, I've got more money um, coming in than I did in the past. Um, let's make sure that that's actually being a benefit and it doesn't just all turn into to disposable income. Absolutely. And I think some of the best advice I've ever gotten is, just because you make more money doesn't mean your expenses need to increase. Exactly. Like if you can keep your expenses the same, as you increase your income, put more of that money towards investments, put more of that money towards savings. And you know that's the advice that I've had. So um, I've been lucky at least to kind of have that perspective, whether I follow through, whether I followed through on that or not um, is a different question, but I have had that perspective as, as you increase in, in what you make, um, you know, your expenses don't have to necessarily increase. You can kind of maintain a, a humble lifestyle that doesn't cost a ton of money. And, and that's actually a great segue. If, if, if we can jump back to the, to, the, to the site, I can show you one of the key components of our budgeting tool. So typically when you hear about budgeting, the basic definition, which is on our side as well because it's it's kind of like the the Webster's definition is your income your income um, minus your expenses and that's the base concept but you'll notice that in our tool we have your income and your expenses and then sandwiched in the middle we have savings and goals because we want to incorporate that in um, and the negative isn't because it's a negative thing to do it just means that it's money that is not available for you to spend so if you think about let's say and I'm just going to put in some numbers to to show show here if i've got 
$5,000 in income and $5,000 in expenses, right now my balance is, or my, my budget is balanced. Um, and you now have that new income. Okay, so you're, you're, you get a raise and now your income goes up. And now what the tool is gonna do is the tool is gonna calculate and it's gonna say that there's an extra $1,600 um, that's available because your income went up, but your expenses haven't changed. And to your point where you shouldn't just go out and increase the expenses, you shouldn't be coming down to the, to the transportation section and adding a car payment. What you wanna do ideally here is come into something like the emergency fund and you can create this and say, I currently have nothing saved for my emergency fund, um, but I want to have $5,000 saved and I want to do that um, by January of next year. Okay. So I put that in and it's going to tell me what do I need to be doing in order to achieve that goal. And I'm like, okay, that number seems realistic because I've got $1,600 in the surplus. Boom. Now I've got that listed and now it's taking it away from that. And I can do that with all of these different goals and I can edit these. So we just threw in a couple of examples as defaults, but the tool's editable. Um, so you can change the labels on here. Um, so I come into this one and I can say, oh, well, I'm not actually saving for a new car. Um, this is gonna be investment. I currently have nothing and I wanna have $5,000 in there. It's the same thing by, by, next, by next year. And so now I can put all these strategies and I can make smart decisions with that surplus. And I have the visual aid to help me manage that. And we put the goals right up there at the top to really keep your focus on that. Saving is something that a lot of people forget to include in their budget. Again, this is like the most perfect tool <laughs> as, I'm, as I'm looking to you know buy a house or figure out if I'm going to rent. Um, I'm graduating with this new salary and stuff. This is, I mean, I've been wanting to make a more um, robust budget and kind of figure out where am I going to put all of this money? You know, I've been kind of doing the math in my head, but I, I'm excited to go, <laughs> go put my budget in and, and see where I can, where I can best spend and, and put my money coming up in the next year. This is like, again, maybe I'm just too excited about it because it, it fits what I was needing in my um, financial wellness plan. But I really like this this resource and and what they have to offer. Um, are there any other perks or benefits that you think would would really um, benefit students on the Financial Solution Center? Yeah, and no, I think the there's a, a multi pronged approach that the APTA uh, takes. Um, we're the education arm, um, and then there's some there's some other um, kind of partnerships um, that the APTA APTA has um, in order to kind of take your learning and turn it into action. Um, we do have some of those partnerships um, and resources um, kind of connected through the platform, um, so you can see. Um, if you if you go to the topics page, um, there's some banners that will have headings of articles and videos that are very they're they're very transparent that it's APTA specific content. So um, jumping to the APTA Learning Center, the Career Center. Um, so anytime you see one of the um, articles or videos, and they'll show up in various different places on the platform, um, you'll see these we refer to them as like a call to action. It's, it's, it's taking you to specific stuff. That's not just the, um, the core educational content of our platform. And then of course there's stuff that you can access directly through the APTA site itself. Um, when you're in that, um, in that money management center, um, one of the ones that I know, um, pretty, pretty familiar is Laurel road. Um, a lot of, uh, questions come up, especially, um, our coaches right now, they're getting tons of questions about 
what do I do with my student loans and refinancing uh, because of the pandemic and the moratorium on interest rates and like how does that all impact? So um, there's a lot of questions that are coming out right now. Um, but the great news is that you have a great partner with Laurel Road um, where while they have a great platform and they have a great product, um, they are always looking out for the student's best interest or the borrower's best interest as well. Um, and they're going to tell you, no, you don't, it, it would not be smart for you to refinance right now because you're going to start paying interest right away. Um, let's schedule an appointment. The latest date that they've pushed back interest to is X and let's, let's schedule a follow-up call then. Um, so you're, they've got some great material specific to the, the refinance process in, in the student loan repayment management um, and how you can kind of evaluate your options there um, a little bit deeper because it'll weigh in what you might qualify for with their products and services. Um, so yeah, the APTA has got lots of great options, a lot of great benefits. Um, the biggest thing is 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 utilize them. Um, the one thing I can tell you is um, with all of our partnerships, um, whether it's with a college directly or an organization like the APTA, um, those that utilize the resources, uh, we get feedback all the time um, about the great things that they get out of it. Um, and unfortunately, there's a lot of uh, a lot of people that when we reach out to to try and say, hey, um, you're you're part of the eligible population, but we're not showing you utilizing it. A lot of times, the the, the response we get is. I'm not really sure what you're talking about. Um, so one of the things with the APTA, uh, it's like a good problem to have is when you have an organization that provides so many great things to its members, um, sometimes you're not aware of all of the great things that are available to you. Um, so this is a great resource that is provided um, by the APTA um, and you can get a, a heck of a lot out of it um, that we, we like to joke because it is financial based that if you make one really good financial decision as the result of the education, um, it's going to far um, outweigh the, the, the cost of your APTA membership, not to mention all the other amazing benefits you get um, from your APTA membership. Um, but it can, it can really be a game changer, um, especially when you're talking about early in your career and just getting into that um, repayment period. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think um, my understanding is the Financial Solutions Center and all of this came about as a response to students in within APTA asking for more resources, asking for more financial literacy. And so, I mean, this is a direct response in what APTA is doing to kind of bridge that gap and give students and professionals, um, you know, the opportunity opportunity to feel empowered in their financial decisions. And kind of like you mentioned earlier, not just blindly accept guidance or advice from someone who maybe doesn't have their best interests in in mind. Um, so I really suggest to all of the students or practicing clinicians, anyone who is an APTA member who's watching this to go check out the Financial Solutions Center, go to APTA.org. All you have to do is type in Financial Solutions Center and all of that will pop right up, take you over to the Enrich site and um, you can get started on this. I think this is a fantastic resource. We've kind of shown you how to how to utilize it a little bit, but it goes way, way more in depth than what we we're able to show you in this short amount of time. Um, Kevin, do you have anything else you'd like to add? Anything else um, that you feel is important for students to know? No, I'm um, just uh, one of the things when you're on the site, there's a, a little bubble in the bottom right hand corner um, that is a easy access to the to the web chat. Um, so we try to make it as easy as possible for you to get the answers to your questions. Uh, we think we've done a pretty good job making the platform um, intuitive to navigate and the personalization engine that we showed you on how to how to get to the stuff that's going to be most meaningful for you and being able to use our search functionality. Um, but we have real live humans that are available for uh, for you as well. So um, don't hesitate to use the chat, um, call into the call into the coaches um, and just 
get answers to your questions. One of the reasons why financial um, wellness is been getting asked for and has been such a need is for a big period of time, talking about money was taboo in this country and it got a lot of people into bad habits because nobody talked about it. So how are you supposed to learn how to do things right when nobody's talking about something? Um, so let's reverse that, that, that mindset and let's talk to each other. Let's help each other forward and, and make sure that you don't have unanswered questions when you're trying to make those decisions. I love that. I think giving people the education and the knowledge and really empowering them. I mean, that's part of what physical therapists do as well. In, in treating injuries and helping people improve their their quality of life and function. Um, so it's, I mean, it's cool to see this in a financial platform as well. So I think we're gonna go ahead and wrap things up. So thank you, Kevin, for joining us again today. If anyone has any questions, feel free to comment below. We'd love to continue this conversation on financial health and literacy. And of course, be sure to check out the Financial Solutions Center. Thank you everyone for joining us.